is everyone? You good? Breathe a sigh of restful relief as the children leave. So, oh, peace has been restored. Oh, for our wonderful volunteers who go up with them. So as I said before, we're, um, we're going to spend a few weeks looking at, at not just rest, but this idea of Sabbath. And what is Sabbath? And how does it work? And what is different between Sabbath and rest? Is it just having a day off? How do you fit that in if your life just doesn't work that way? Do we, um, do we exchange Sabbath for uh, taking it easy and not caring about anything? And is that actually a good thing either? So we're going to be wrestling with some of these questions next week. We have a special guest um, preacher by the name of Timothy Keller coming, um, who Paul is going to host and facilitate. <laughs> really tight. Um, he'll be actually in the next room and we'll be televising directly onto the screen. Um, and um, I'm actually going to take what I'm about to say uh, literally and I'm going on holiday next week. So that's why, well not next week, but from Friday for a, for a week. Um, so yeah, Tim's um, warmly decided to partner with Paul and, uh, and, and help lead us through a little bit more of what the Sabbath means. Um, I have a confession to make though, as I've reflected on my uh, life recently. I have not Sabbathed well over the last few months. In fact, probably longer than that, if I'm, if I'm brutally honest. And every reason I can think as to why that has happened is completely unsatisfactory. I'll give you something, right? I'm too busy. I've just been too busy to, to rest and have a Sabbath. It's not satisfactory, right? Um, I want to achieve more. That's, that's why I've been so busy. That's not satisfactory. The kids, if the kids were just more quiet or less interrupted or just didn't need a parent. Um, but it's not satisfactory, right? I'm doing too much. It's not satisfactory. I, I haven't got the time to do the things I want to do. That's not satisfactory. And as I was praying, this is, this is actually what happened. I was praying and going, God, all right, if I'm preaching about Sabbath, how do I, what do I do here? And I found myself, no kidding, I journaled. I haven't got time to slow down. Can you come with me? And then I looked at what I wrote. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, that's pretty much asking God to facilitate my sin, right? That's really what it was doing. God, I haven't got time to do your thing. So if you come and do my thing that's not in line with your thing, my life will work out so much better. And we know that God's not into that because God's like, no, no, no. I made you. I know how your life works well. Stop doing your own thing. Start to trust me. Start to step into this space. Now, I do trust God, but when it comes to rest and Sabbath thing, it becomes tricky, right? So, I'm hoping I'm not the only one. I'm hoping I'm not just preaching to myself and you're just spectating going, yes, nail on the Sabbath, but you need to learn this, Ralph. I hope it's, it's not just me. So, I thought what we do is a little bit of a survey. And I, I know everyone kind of is a little bit self-conscious about this. So, what I want you to do is trust me and nobody else is going to look at you, right? And I'll report back. The, the findings. So I'm going to ask you some questions, but everyone to close their eyes, and all you do is stick up your hand if, if that's you, right? There's like what, four four questions, they're really easy. Um, so can you trust me on this? Alright, so everyone close your eyes, no peeking around, no looking at anybody else, doesn't matter anybody else. Okay, who right now, Tim, close your eyes, I can see you looking, that's good. Alright, right now, who feels tired? Just put up your hand. Okay, cool. Put your hands down. That's two-thirds of us. All right. Who feels too busy? It's about half, a reluctant half. Like, I don't want to say I'm too, I'm too busy. Okay. Who feels that the treadmill of life is just running a bit too fast? 
That's nearly all of us. Okay, and this is my favourite question. Who's in need of a holiday? That's <laughs> oh, good. Most of us. All right, put your hands down. Because we're talking about Sabbath, you've got permission to fall asleep. Right? I know it's not going to be because the preaching is just terrible and boring. I know it's because God has put you to sleep because he needs you to rest. Um, have, you, have you ever driven a car and had a flat tyre? It's a weird feeling, right? You drive along, you get a flat, and, and the car doesn't groan and creak and do all those other funny mechanical things. It just starts to wobble. It's like, what is going on? So when we first moved to the Gold Coast, we drove up the motorway onto the first part of Bermuda Street. You know, the bit I'm talking about, which used to have the corrugated concrete, that they managed to create an imperfect rhythm with a flat tyre. And so you'd be driving along going, boom, 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 I've got a flat tyre. And you'd pull over to the side. This is what we need. We pulled over to the side like, you're kidding, we've driven 24 hours from Melbourne, and we get a flat tyre within like a cave where we're going. And I get out and look around the car like, wheels are fine. Oh, that's just weird. I jump back in, flat tyre again, pull over, check, I'm like, no, oh, this is... Alright, so drive me in, flat tire again, like this doesn't feel right, but we're going to persist, right, because that's what guys do, right, if there's a problem, you just push through, and so, so, I, so I push through, and we come off the road, and all of a sudden, the, the, the car's fine, and it was actually the road, we have great joy, it's terrible, but we have great joy watching others do the same thing, like, oh, you got sucked in, no, it's not a flat, just keep going, it's, it's fine, but when, when you have a flat tire, mechanically, your car is fine, mechanically, it's, it's great, it can actually, you should try it, don't, but it can still go quite fast on a flat tire, right? Don't, don't try that. I've heard it can go still quite fast. In fact, if you, you get out and you look at one side of the car with a flat tire, you look at the other side, your car looks great. But it doesn't perform so good, and the wear and tear amount to quite um, a disastrous effect. It turns out really bad if you don't fix the flat tire, and it's not a joy to drive. It's fun, but it's not really a joy. Now, that's not why I bought the car, for this kind of experience. If our lives were a car, the Sabbath would be one of the wheels. It would be one of the tyres. It, it has to... It, it, a Sabbath is what we need in, in our balance of our lives. It's not all we need. We can't spend our entire life just Sabbathing, doesn't work. But if you have no Sabbath, we, we strive, we, 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 we starve from living a healthy and effective life of worship. We just can't do it. So a Sabbath is part of it. And when it's wonky, when it's flat, when it's not working, everything else feels a little bit strange. And if you keep going with no Sabbath, disaster strikes. You know when we did, when we, when we started Village, I did a contextual survey of Burley. And so I, I met with a number of people that don't go to church, that live in Burley, and I asked them a ton of questions. One of the questions I asked is, what do you think people, um, people's lives are like? And they said, they said uh, people say, I'm too busy, I'm getting worn out, I'm tired, there's too much on, I don't have enough time. They said the same things we say, right? It's a human condition. It's a human it's part of, uh, of the, the way our, our culture works. It's a symptom of our culture. And our knee-jerk reaction is to say what? Is to say... Just give something up. It sounds wise, right? Just, just give something up. Just, just stop doing something. And I was thinking, that is a brilliant idea. But let's face it. If I put one, let alone two of my children on eBay, it's not going to end well, right? I'm going to get told off 
Even though what wisdom says, give give something up. I just I just put, put them over here. It, it doesn't work. I get a lot of trouble. You get in trouble from your boss if you decide to give up work. If you're just like, ah, I'm just going to do half days this month, just to fit in the Sabbath. Is that all right? And your boss will be like, are you bananas? There's no way I'm going to keep you employed if you're going to think that way. Um, you get in trouble with your wife if you choose to have time off from family life or, or time off from doing dishes. At least I, I never have. It's never happened to me, but I heard, I've heard from some of you. Like time off from cleaning the house or cutting the grass. I think good things to have time off for, right? But it doesn't work. Your life kind of deteriorates if you take the wrong thing off. You get in trouble from your kids when you're not present enough. You get in trouble from your soul if you're not happy enough. So giving something up is our attempt to rest more. Giving something up is when we take matters into our own hands. Giving something up is actually about us and not about God. Giving something up, and here's, here's the gold, is avoiding the real heart issue. Because Sabbath is about a heart issue at the end of the day. So I want us to explore what it means to have a Sabbath, not to give more stuff up. So my challenge today is to go, go, well, go and give something up. Because I'm not sure that actually helps because what happens when you give something up? You take on something else. Oh, well, you go, okay, well, I'll take that back on. Like, it, it, that exchange doesn't really work. Um, I, I want to talk, work through over the next few weeks, how do we stop getting exhausted by life? Not how do we have a day off, but how do we Sabbath better? How do we align our hearts with God so we might be replenished by God on a regular basis? And what does that look like? And what I love about Sabbath is Sabbath is one of the few words that belongs to the church. It belongs to the faith, right? So you go, no, 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 repentance belongs to the church. It doesn't. It was a cultural term that the church used to describe a theological reality. Salvation, same deal. Justification, same deal. It was used by the culture that the Christian church went, oh, that's what we're talking about. And they borrowed it. Even the word church isn't a Christian Judaic term. It actually belongs to the culture that the first Christians went, oh, that's what we want to use to describe what we're doing. But the Sabbath, that's our word. Sabbath is a Hebrew word. It comes from the word Shabbat. And Shabbat means to rest from labor. To rest from labor. Genesis 2 is where it first comes up. First verse. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all work of creating he had done. And is that strange to you? Does that seem a little bit weird? God had to rest after just six days of work. Yeah, my only one that thinks, no, no, hang on, a bit, bit soft. God, sorry. Six days work? I've done heaps more than that before I rested. You had six days. Is it your knees got sore, your back got sore, just bending down and doing all that creating? It's a bit a long way down. Surely six days wouldn't exhaust God. God doesn't need the rest. God doesn't need the rest. God is omnipotent. This theological understanding of God is all-powerful. There is no weakness in God. There's no point at which God says, I need to rest because I'm just really tired. God cannot get tired. He rested for us, not from us. 
It's beautiful. He rested so we could rest. He didn't rest because, oh my gosh, that was a big, epic deal. I need to take it easy, so I need to step back and rest. He rested for us. His Sabbath is a movement toward us. Why? Because he knew that we could so easily be, ident be identify ourselves with our work and not with our Creator. We could so easily go, oh, what I've done brings me my worth and who I am and, and how good I am, as opposed to who God is and what God speaks. And so God models this. He's like, if, if I have to rest, <laughs> you've got no excuse. I created everything and I hold this whole creation. And so if you think you can't rest, I, the creator of it all, the sustainer of it all, I rested. So this Sabbath is a gift from God. Sabbathing is a gift from God that God gives us that we might secure our identity in Him. It's, it's whatever it looks like in the course of a week where we recognize, ah, oh, my identity is not in all the stuff I do. It's not in all the pressure or expectations I have on me. It's not in how I parent or the kind of boss or employee I am or how good I am at work or whether I'm accepted here or there. Sabbath says, oh, I can let it all go. Because who I am matters to God, and that's all that matters to God about me. The Sabbath is also God's permission. It's also God's permission. The reason God's Sabbath was to give us permission. Now, I'll show you how this works. The other day, hypothetically, in my home, I went in, and to rest, I sat down on the couch, and I put my feet on a coffee table. Now, apparently, it's a rule in our house that you don't put your feet on the table. Ridiculous rule, right? I was reminded of that by Zara. She takes great delight in reminding me when I break the rules that I have set. And, and so I sat down, I put my legs out, and she goes, Dad, you can't do this. And it was literally split second. As, as Zari said, Dad, you can't do it, Hamish was on the couch next to me. I don't know where he appeared from. He like materialized with his feet on the table because my action had given him permission. It happens like that. So God's like, I'm going to take a Sabbath, not because I need to, but because when you go, oh, I just need a rest, you can look and go, God took one. That's permission for me to Sabbath because I won't give myself permission. Because I'm so caught up. So it's this moment of going, ah, oh, who will I trust to make these decisions? I'm going to trust God on this one. If He Sabbathed, I can Sabbath. God did that for us. He rested to make way for us to rest. Because if God rested, I can. Now we've been reading through the New Testament. We've been reading through um, the New Testament, uh, sort of a chapter or part of a chapter every day for ages now. I don't know how long it's been. It was like February or March or something like that. And so, so it's going quite well. We've just hit Romans. <coughs> Who's loving Romans? For the recording, there were no hands. <laughs> Romans is tough, right? So, a little bit of a side. Read it in the message version. Will change your world. Like that's what I've been doing. Totally cheating. Reading the message. <gasps> your soul gets thirsty for the words that Paul wrote to the Church of Rome. That because of the dense theology of it, it was his last letter. So he was kind of building in his theological punch. Um, it, it becomes you should really go. Oh man, I wish I could get this more. Like it's meant to be stewed in and sat in and, and, and eaten. And so uh, read the message, and you'll find it easier to engage in that space. Um, anyway, we've been doing this because. Because every day when you read the, the scriptures, it's like you get to a little window into the Sabbath. It's this little moment where you're like, ah, oh, 
my soul will align with God, my soul searching after God, my soul being surrendered to God, there's a rest and a replenishment that takes place in that. So, so the, the, we have these little moments of Sabbath throughout the day. So we've been doing this, and then we've been preaching on it, and small groups on it and whatnot. But today is the first day we're going to deviate from that course, and from probably for a little while yet, because we felt God speaking in some different areas that I'm sure the readings and the regular readings will speak into, but it has absolutely been a challenge preaching from seven chapters of scripture. You get one message each week. It's try, try drawing one thought that you think, oh, this is what God wants to say. So we're sort of shifting here. So we're not moving away at all from the daily reading. We still want to do that, cheer each other on in that. But today, I'm going to preach from Matthew 11, verse 28. Listen to this. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's refreshing, right? That's Jesus speaking to us. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Did you hear that? Jesus says, come, come to me, you. You, who are weary and who are burdened. It's this personal invitation from Jesus himself, not a vague invitation that he throws out there, that he's eyeballing people as he said this. That he's thinking to the people that will one day read these, hear these words, and he's inviting each of us, just like he was inviting his audience. If that's the you, if you're weary and you're burdened, then come to Jesus, come to me, Jesus says. And then he talks about a yoke. A yoke was uh, what a slave wore. It was one made sure they wouldn't run away and do all sorts of things. But the rabbinical tradition decided to borrow this metaphor and apply it to its teaching. And so the rabbinical understanding of a yoke wasn't something that held you. It was something, uh, it was like your worldview that rested on you. Uh, every rabbi had a different worldview, a different understanding of the Hebraic thing. That's why you would choose to follow a different rabbi. And if you chose correctly, that rabbi would say, well, come follow me. Same way as Jesus says, that's what's going on there. So, so the yoke would be what a rabbi had that he would preach. So you hear about my yoke every week, right? That's, that's the, the sum of my teaching. If you had to say to somebody else, this is what Ralph teaches about, what you would explain, hopefully it would be good, but also would be the yoke, right? So that's the understanding of yoke. So when Jesus talks about yoke here, that's what he's talking about. 2,000 years before this, God had lifted the yoke of slavery from his people. Right, sent Moses to them. They were under the yoke of slavery in, in Pharaoh. He freed them from that yoke, led them through the Red Sea out of danger, took them into the desert and gave them his law and they took it upon themselves as a yoke. Now every one of them was bound to the law, to this particular yoke they had chosen. And depending on what angle and what your yoke looks like depends on how you interpret that law. And so you would have all these sub-groups um, of Jewish people that would believe different things about the law. So the Essenes, for example, when they looked at Sabbath, this yoke and this rest and this Sabbath, they said, well, on the Sabbath, you, you can't even scoop water into your mouth. That's how we keep the Sabbath. Does that sound exciting? 
The Pharisees believed you could only walk a hundred cubits. So this is about a cubit. You could only do a hundred of them on the Sabbath. You know the point where they're about to stone Jesus and then he mysteriously walks through them? It was on the Sabbath, they ran out of cubits. <laughs> this is what happened. He's like, sucked in. You enjoy the law, I'm on my way. It's, so some rabbis taught that you couldn't pluck a grey hair on the Sabbath. Now you guys were looking good, but me, <laughs> not so right. <laughs> the people had to live under these expectations every day. And that's just the Sabbath ones we've talked about. There are over 3,000 requirements that the, the, the teachers and the scribes, the, the, the rabbis, helped people get hold of so they wouldn't break the law. So the law was the Ten Commandments, keep the Sabbath day holy. So it's like, how are we going to do that? And they made up all these rules and these laws. That sat on people. That was tiring. That was exhausting. You know, you've just heard it and you've gone, oh my gosh. I'm already tired. It felt like a burden. People lived in that space for thousands of years. And Jesus says, come to me. Step away from that. Come to me. Let your heart find nourishment and replenishment in me. Your heart needs me. Come to me. And as he says, come to me, he's at the very same time saying, leave something else behind. Leave something else behind. You see, you can only come to Jesus if you leave something else behind. It's the other part of giving something up. See, we give up something and then we take something up. And Jesus says, no, no, like, don't worry about the giving up. Just come to me. And in coming to me, you'll find that what is not important falls away. What is not, like, what is clinging to you that shouldn't be will just lose its grip and fall away. If you come to me, just keep coming to me. And Sabbath is, is this heart issue because our hearts cling to things for our identity, for our security, for our worth, for all those things. And, and Jesus says, come to me because he knows if we, if we venture closer to him, our hearts let go of those things that he doesn't want us holding on to. So what's your heart clinging to? If you had to answer that question now, you don't have to answer that out loud to anyone. But what is your heart clinging to? Jesus invites you to drop what's making you tired and burdened and learn from him, right? Learn his yoke, learn his perspective, learn his worldview, learn his framework of how everything works. And it's this learning. It's not all of a sudden, ha, it's all done. It's this learn from me, the scripture says. Oh, so it's this process of me going, okay, so I put down my, my yoke, I take on your yoke, and you're going to teach me how this world works differently with me carrying around what you were given to me. Now some of you this afternoon, we just did the survey, some of you are weary, you're burdened, you're tired. And I wonder if that's because there's unrealistic expectations just sitting on your life. You see, we have lots of expectations, some we realise quite clearly. There's an expectation for me to be a certain type of employee in my job place, my workplace. Like, that's obvious. But what about that expectation that might be sitting on you to be a good parent? Oh, you no, not. What about make enough money? What about contribute to society? What about to be a good Christian? What about to prove to others that they are wrong? What about to keep my house nice? In case anyone comes around, keep my house nice. 
What about to make something of myself in this life? What about to prove my worth? We, we take upon ourselves these yokes, these expectations, and they prevent us from thriving. They prevent us from taking on Jesus' yoke and letting go of the rest. See, our heart gets tied up in important things, but those important things are actually denying us the most important thing Jesus wants us to have, which is life with Him. Right? So Jesus invites you to trust Him. He says, and, and you know, as you, as you cling hold of me, there's nothing else to hold in your hands, so you will have to drop that stuff. And follow me. Live with my expectation and not with your own. And not with all those expectations other people put on you or have put on you. Or that you seek out from others. But we say, I am not good enough. And Jesus says, just come to me. My life has not amounted to enough. And Jesus says, well, just come to me. I'm not worth anything if I don't work or I don't contribute or I don't parent well. And Jesus says, just come to me. I'm going to worry because that's what good parents do. And Jesus says, just come to me. Just come to me. And I say, I'm going to give, give it all to this project or my business or my work or this thing. And Jesus says, no, 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 just come to me. Just come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. All of you, if you're weary or burdened, come to me, Jesus says, and I will give you rest. It's like Jesus is saying, I'm the only one with rest. And I can give it to you. I want to give it to you. But the only way you can find it is if you come to me. We become weary and burdened when we understand our worth and our significance by something other than God. There's a scene from Alice in Wonderland, if you've seen the scene in Alice in Wonderland. And, um, and she starts tumbling down the hole, you know, the hole that leads her into the, to the Wonderland. And, um, and as she's, she's falling down this hole, she starts to panic and freak out and grab at everything she can because she's out of control. She's falling into this abyss of like, oh my gosh, I don't know, I don't know how I'm ever going to survive this. She's, she's burdened, she's exhausted, she's uh, terrified, she's frightened, and she's grabbing for everything. And, and then she, as, at the point that she becomes overwhelmed, and the point where she realizes that clawing at the side of the tunnel isn't going to help, she decides to let go. And as she decides to let go and give herself to the fall, she starts to float. She finds rest. And isn't it up in the same space that we just claw onto everything to remain controlled? Like, I've got this, I can do this, I can get through it. I just, and it's at the point where we go, God, I just give up. And God goes, ah, now you've come to me. Now we can rest. You can rest. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. We find Jesus when we stop clawing for the lifelines that aren't Jesus. And we give ourselves to the life giver. And the baby... The, the, so... so When we give ourselves to God, whether it's in those, those moments during the day or whether it's for a portion of time during the week, we'll talk about that in just a minute, what, that, what on earth that looks like. God reminds us of our worth in Him. He reminds us that we're important and significant and special and meaning to Him, not to all the other things we do. And we go, that's what your yoke is that, I, that, 
that I mean something to you, I don't have to prove it, I don't have to work for it, I don't have to chase after all these things, that I can just trust that that's enough. Well, if that's the case, it changes the way I do everything else. It might not change everything else, but it changes the way I look and think about everything else. Jesus says, yes, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, because I'll teach you and I'll help you. I'll learn from me. See, the reality is, if we're a human being, which is everyone here, look at that. We all have a yoke. You don't get to choose whether you have a yoke or not. Everybody has a yoke. You do choose who gives you the yoke. That's the choice you get. So whose yoke do you want? That's, that's the choice. We were created to wear a yoke. It's meant to enhance us and help us thrive and cause us to become all that God's called us to be. A yoke isn't a bad thing. With the right yoke, our lives can just feel like they're in rhythm with how they're supposed to be. But it all depends on who gives us the yoke, which a yoke we accept. Because we drag around so much stuff. Right? We drag it around. And Jesus says, I freed you from that. Like I can put that stuff to death. I disempowered it. Let go of it. It's just rubbish. It's just junk. Take my yoke. This yoke, it's a good yoke. It's actually the lightest and the easiest of all yokes. How cool is that? Jesus says to us, I've got the best one. You're going to love it. It's going to fit your life. It's going to bring so much joy and fulfillment. Take that yoke. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So where do we find Jesus' yoke? We find it in the Sabbath. We find it in rest. We find it when we take up Jesus' invitation, I'm going to come to you. We find it in learning from Jesus. We find it when our heart retreats back to God. Resting in Jesus results in learning from Jesus. That's how we truly learn from Jesus, by resting in Jesus. That's the value of rest, that Jesus meets us. Now, I had a friend who's recently, two things happened to him at exactly the same time. Launch time came for his brand new business that he put a lot of work into. At the same time, as a pain right here, which turned out to be an appendicitis. Right at the same time, he was stoked. And so... Um, he decided that you don't need to go to a hospital if you've got an appendicitis, right? You just push through. He's got a lot on. Christian guy, lot on. So he pushes through and gradually his appendicitis says, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. We're going to do something else. We're going to go to hospital. It's going to be great fun. And so he ends up in hospital getting his appendix out. And, and the course of this, what might have taken just a number of days, stretched out for, for a good month of battling this thing and then realizing that he couldn't do anything for six weeks. Um, and so he had to rest. So he was up, like going slightly insane. And we caught up. And I said to him, maybe God is using this, not God has caused this, maybe God is using this as an opportunity to slow you down. If you, if you met my mate, the one thing that he does not do well is slow down. So I said, it's an opportunity to slow down so you can rest more in God because you can't do anything to help your business. Maybe he's showing you what it means for him to carry your expectations, for him to carry your hopes and dreams, for him to carry you. And he loved and hated that in exactly the same moment. You see, Jesus' yoke isn't lighter because he expects less. It's lighter because he carries more. He carries more. So what does a Sabbath look like? 
you track along with me, that's one of those things you're kicking around. You're like, okay, Ralph, this will be good because my life's pretty hectic. There's a lot on. Some, some of you do shift work, some of you have your own businesses, some of you got kids, some of you just sick. You know, you, you, you go in, this will be good because I'm kind of convinced that this is where you bring it home, right? So, what you're doing is saying, all right, what are the rules that I need to hear to, to lead a Sabbath life well? Or, or what are the instructions that if I don't fail on them, I'm going to nail this Sabbath thing? Or, or what, should I, what should you make sure I do so that I don't blow it up? And all of those questions are a pretty anti-Sabbath kind of way of looking at it, right? If, we, if, I, if I satisfied what our curiosity might be, I would actually not be doing us any favours. I'd be putting another expectation on you. And Jesus says, no, 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 come to me because my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So how do we Sabbath? Well, the Sabbath was born in a community who were regulated. When God first spoke and said, you should keep the Sabbath day holy, he did it to a group of people, up to a million people, who were connected to each other. They were all connected to each other. Their entire life was regulated. From one family to the next, the way their lives unfolded from day to day did not change. They were all basically the same. And everyone knew what everyone else was doing. So when the, the community that you chose to do something, it self-regulated. Everybody did it. So when God says take a Sabbath, they all went, well, we'll take a Sabbath from like Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. We'll take a Sabbath. We won't do anything. And everybody did it, and it was dead easy. Now, the challenge we have is none of our lives look like anybody else's life here. We, we, we need to stop craving for the fact of one day that might be the case. It will never be the case. So... How do we do it? Well, I have two thoughts. Two thoughts for you. You can take or leave. That's how flexible we are today. Two thoughts. The two caveats. One is that over the next coming weeks, we will develop these thoughts, these ideas around this. And two, there's probably some more thoughts to come. But these are the two that I want to bring you today. And the first is this. They're both questions. What would it look like to Sabbath old school? Like what would that actually look like? What if we were actually to go, oh gosh, all right, so a Sabbath from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. This is a Judaic religion, that's where they get the Friday and Sunday. Um, what would it actually look like to do that? Now, a friend of mine is trying this as we speak. And when he first um, jumped into this, he gave me one of the most compelling vision casts I'd ever heard. I'm like, I'm totally sold. Like, bring on the Sabbath. And then I realized what about my life. And I'm like, bring on the Sabbath, let's do that. So the other day, he's been doing this for a little while. So I, the other day, I said to him, how's it going? Like, the Sabbath. He, I said, how's that thing going? He goes, what thing? I said, the Sabbath. He goes, what Sabbath thing? I said, you know, the thing that you were very convincing about. He goes, oh, that. Yeah, it's going okay. <laughs> it's, it could be better. And then I started asking him a bunch of questions, which I'll explain why in just a tick and he sheepishly retreated away from the fact that he was very enthusiastic to start off with and perhaps the implicate implementation of that enthusiasm has been troublesome right that's why this is a thought and a question I'm not saying go and do it but I'm saying what what if we did so here's here's what the vision cast was that he gave to me and I give it to you not so you'll do it so you can start going oh okay this is how it might work or bits that I can choose or think about or, or ponder on um, I won't tell you the success of the conversation I had with Lyndall about this because well I could I'm not sure that's gonna work right that's how it went Are we here we went back to watching Netflix um, so, no, 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 I'm joking. so 
Let me give you, so let me give the vision cast a bit of a thing. He's married with three kids, right? So that's, that's a picture. Married with three kids. So every Friday after the kids are picked up, picked up from school, his Sabbath day starts. Um, he and his wife turn off their phones and they usually leave them at the other end of the house. They might check them at agreed upon times, but they're out of bounds for all intents and purposes. Um, they make sure that they clean the house and do the grocery shopping. The laundry, cut the grass, the gardening throughout the week so that that space is protected from those things, right? Some of you already go, that's a stupid idea. My life can work around that. Um, so that Saturday can be free of those things. Then they don't allow any work to invade that time. So no meetings, no thinking about no work, no phone call taking or responding, no email checking, no talking about work with his wife or with anyone else. And his rationale was, is, well, God took a day off and the world kept turning, so I think I can too. So I asked him, I'm like, okay, there's some of your parameters around this. What do you do on a Sabbath? What does that look like? He said, well, we eat really well, like we really enjoy the food that we eat, and we eat slow. We spend time with friends. There's not where we're rushing from one thing to another, where we just get to be. We play, we enjoy, we pray, we slow down for God to speak, to hear God's speak. We don't put any expectation on ourselves that causes us to hurry from one thing to another. How's that make you feel, right? You just heard, that's the vision cast. <laughs> not the after, not the this before and the after, you don't know the after. That's the before, right? So what would it look like for you to Sabbath old school? It doesn't have to look like that, right? It's an example, an idea, some ways to think about it. Is that a conversation you need to have? Is it an experiment that in full or in part you need to have a go at? Your Sabbath needs to revolve around Jesus' words. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Eugene Peterson, when he was reflecting on all this, he said, a day off is all about you, a Sabbath is all about God. I find that really helpful to know when I'm day offing. There's nothing wrong with day offing, right? But when I'm day offing and when I'm Sabbathing, day off is all about me, a Sabbath is all about God. And we should know that God is all about me, right? It's all about you, okay? We're not talking in this. Don't, don't go away and go think, how do I get more time off? How do I disengage from stuff? How do I escape from stuff? They're, they're not good things that, that we want to say, yes, do that. We're talking about how do we Sabbath with God? How do we learn to take Jesus' yoke on? My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You see, your other yokes will demand more and more and more from you until there is nothing left for them to take. That's how yokes work. That's how idols work. But Jesus' yoke enables you to be free. Jesus' yoke is the Sabbath. And the Sabbath enables you to thrive. So my, second, so my first thought is what would it look like for you to Sabbath old school? And my second thought is this. What step does God want you to take toward Sabbathing? What one step? See, we were creative to created to be creative. 
to dream and to imagine and to, to think wildly, to, to, to allow the restrictions that we might normally have to fade away and think beyond those things. And so what I want to do now is just invite God to speak to us into that space of us and help us understand and work out how we might take a step towards Sabbathing, whatever that looks like. So we're just going to invite God's Spirit to come, to, to, to well, God's Spirit is here, to God's Spirit to speak to us. We're just going to sit in this space and just listen. And I just want you to listen, God, God, what is that next step towards Sabbath thing you want me to take? And then this week you're just going to do it. We're going to come back to some relax next week. I'm going to be because I'm going to be on holidays. All right, let's pray. God, we thank you that you've brought us here today. Not only to rest in you, but to learn about it. To understand it more deeply. To find rest for our souls. And Lord, in this moment of rest, Lord, speak to us. What is that next step of Sabbath thing you want us to take? Speak to us now, we pray.